If you're a fan of creepy Reddit stories, I promise you're gonna like this episode. Hello, and thank you for listening to True Crime Cam. Spotify listeners, video watchers, do you notice anything different? I got a new camera. It's much better quality and was much more expensive than the last one, so hopefully you can see me a little clearer now if you do watch the videos. Anyways, let's get into these Let's Not Meet stories. Okay, this first story was just posted 16 days ago, and apparently this person's friend knowingly or unknowingly introduced them to a person with perhaps some scary intentions. This is a real story that's happening now, but this all really started on my birthday. I did speak with an authority about these instances, but I'm open to hearing your takes as well. It's been pretty frightening. Quick backstory. I, female 27, live with a female roommate. Julia, and her boyfriend. About a year ago, Julia and I started going to a hangout spot and met a woman working there around our age, Sam. Julia and I stopped going after a while, but I stayed friends with Sam. Not super close, but seeing her once every couple of weeks. She supported my business, brought me small gifts, and invited me places over the course of the year. I enjoyed being friends with her. On my birthday, Sam and other friends posted my photo on social media. That's when I get a message from an account I don't know, asking me to message them back and discuss a film opportunity. Half curious, I respond. They say a bunch to finally come out and say they are casting adult film stars. They quote me a large amount of money. He says it's very private. Porn sold overseas. No one will ever see. I decline politely. Honestly chuckled. By the way, they're not Googleable. There's nothing on their social page or anything about their production company online. The person messaging insists I text their female reference. Curiosity gets the best of me, because I do that. Female reference weirds me out. She's normal at first, but seems too excited about the actual job. She's encouraging me to do my casting with the person I've messaged, and saying I'm very lucky he's even offered. He's only offered that to few girls. I'm thinking, no woman in porn really feels this excited slash happy slash satisfied with it all. I'm weirded out and she's blocked. He messaged me to ask if we talked. I say yes but decline again and he's blocked now too. I'm embarrassed I even considered. But then, a couple days later my roommate shows me a weird text to her personal number. It's the same people, similar offer. They say, though, quote, We found you on a list. You must have signed up. I'm sure my roommate did no such thing. I'll say here, not many people know both me and my roommate. Typo right there. I tell my roommate what happened to me. We are both confused. For the next four months or so, I get text messages. All different kinds. All eventually saying, Yes, this is the not Googleable adult film company here, and we are so sorry about the mix-up. I answer some nice, I answer some mean. I ignore others completely. They never ask for photos, info, anything really except to consider the offer, and maybe come for a drink to discuss in person. That was it. Until yesterday. Sam sends me a message on social media. It's a group chat with a profile I've never seen, plus Sam, plus my business profile. I do creative team building work. Sam wants to introduce me to her friend, Dave. Dave needs to hire a team builder at a fancy hotel, about an hour away from me. Sam makes the introductions. I say thank you, and then Sam leaves the group chat. Dave's profile is empty. 
She messages me privately and says basically, quote, I used to casually see this guy. He's good for the job. He's pretty wealthy and I know he owns like multiple businesses. He used to be in the adult film productions, but I think he's been done with that, lol. And this would be for a different business he has. Other than that, he's a normal dude. I message the man back and ask, what's the company and can I have a website or some pages? Any more info? He says he will launch the website at the event I'm being hired for, and that he just bought the company and it's being branded. But Sam is messaging me too. She says he is selling the company, and this two-day hotel event is for the farewell party. She suggests I bring my boyfriend since it would be an all-expenses-paid stay. Also, she mentioned she's going to visit this old friend tonight to catch up over drinks. She said she hasn't seen him in a long time. Alright, this is weird as heck. The guy is messaging me along the lines of, quote, Sorry, I know this is weird. Feel free to bring your BF. What? And he also mentions how he was seeing my friend tonight. I leave him on red until the morning. I send him the original weird adult film account and say, This you? They say, nope. And I say, yeah, okay. They respond thumbs up and leave chat. I had mentioned to Sam months ago about the weird offer and text messages I got. She too said she got bizarre messages in the past. They only stopped when she said she would call the police. She didn't offer more detail but was driving so I didn't push it. So now I message Sam and I say straight up, Sam, I think this is the person that has been harassing me from different numbers. She acts weirded out and surprised, asks about the original account that messaged me. Eventually, she closes the convo and goes to bed. I left her on red. I don't answer her call the next day and she texts me, quote, um, that was weird last night. LOL, call me if you want to chat because I'm confused. I don't respond. Today, she texts me, um, okay, dot, dot, dot. I wrote her back, basically saying, listen, you know I've been weirded out about this and I've been wondering if someone is trying to abduct me and now wondering if you're involved either innocently or not. It's too much for me. She wrote me back saying more or less she understands that it was a scary, weird experience, but she thinks I'm way overreacting. And basically, she seems offended that I could even think such a thing. She also said she wouldn't want to ever speak with someone again who could think that about her. She left it with that she lives her life on a straight path and can't let someone try and drag her into something like that. I don't know if you guys know this, but you can use a free website online to insert photos of someone and it will generate pages on the internet that match based on facial recognition. When I began having this fear of her involvement, I searched her and found what I am 99.9% .9 sure was thumbnails of her in an adult film, either her or her spitting image, as it also pulled known photos of her. I didn't say this to her, of course. I know. She knows. But that last statement she gave me is extra weird knowing all that. So that's my story. Hopefully they don't get me. I am not the one to be played with. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say that that Sam person sounded really shady for sure. Glad they blocked that person and are no longer involved with them. Okay, this next one is pretty short. It was posted four years ago and they titled it, Be Careful Who You Interview. Back on a random day this past February, my phone rang and it showed as no caller ID. I immediately nagged the call and this number proceeded to call and call until I answered. Finally, I answer the phone and I ask who it is after saying hello. He proceeds to say, I will tell you when you tell me what color your toenails are painted. 
I was like, WTF? Why are you asking me that? He said he has seen my feet before and really likes them. I was so weirded out, I hung up. As a random side note, I post stories on my Instagram almost daily. This guy calls me the next week and makes a comment about my Insta story, and I immediately panicked, thinking who the hell is this guy that clearly follows me on Instagram, and there were too many views on my public profile for me to narrow it down. These calls proceeded to happen at least once a week, and I would answer them upon my leisure, because at first I thought it was funny, in parentheses, for what reason I couldn't tell you, lol. We have now reached March, and I answer his no-caller ID call for now what I know to be the last time. I ask him how he knows me since I still know no info about him. He would always say I'm the most beautiful girl he has ever seen and that he loves me. He said he doesn't really know me, and we don't have any mutual friends. I was so freaked out I hung up and never answered again, even though he called me at least three times a month until this past October. For months, this guy called me, and I never answered again. I even got my friend's uncle to answer one time, saying it was my dad and to cut it out. LOL, even though this didn't end up changing anything. One day, I was home and posted an Insta story, and not even a minute later, I get a call from no caller ID. I immediately look at my Insta story views, and I knew every person except for one guy. This one guy happened to be a guy that I interviewed to be hired at my current job. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How did he even get my number? It makes so much sense. We interviewed him in February, and not even two days later, the call started. I went in and told work this dude has been harassing for months, and asking me about my feet, and so on. We called the recruiter we got him from to tell her that he is a weirdo and has probably done this to other girls. So, creepy interviewee, let's legit never meet again. Story number three. This is titled, I Live Here Now. So back in February, there was a man that looked homeless walking up and down my street. My partner and I were outside working in the yard, so we paid little attention, but didn't think anything of it. The next day, he showed back up, walked up my driveway, and camped on my porch. When we asked what he was doing, he said he was going to, quote, fix this place up real nice, get himself a dog and some flowers in the front. We asked him to leave, to which he answered, quote, no, I live here now. I have the papers giving me permission to live here. He then handed us a change of address form from the state housing authority, where he had changed his mailing address to mine. This was not permission to live at my home, but letting them know how to send this mail here. I should point out at this point, I don't know this guy. I have never met this guy. Neither has my partner. We asked him to leave again or we would call the cops after getting a picture of the form. I spent all day on the phone with the state housing agency trying to figure out what the hell but they had no answers. A week goes by and we don't hear from the man. Then I walk out to check my mail and he is waiting at the mailbox. He opens it every few minutes, but the mail hasn't come yet. He tells me to leave him alone. This doesn't concern me. He doesn't want to talk to me. He is just waiting for his check and then he is going to go home, pointing to my house. I remind him he doesn't live there and start dialing the cops. He takes off swearing at me the whole way. The cops ask if he is on the property currently. When I say no, they say call back when he is and they will come out. I also put a hold on my mail that day because I don't know if he was stealing it. A few weeks go by and strange things are happening around the outside of my house. My trash cans get taken to the street and brought back. My weeds are pulled. My lawn furniture is rearranged. 
but I don't see the guy again. The cops offer to add more patrols, but unless they catch him on the property, they won't do anything. They start to act like I am crazy because I am calling every day. At one point, the officer that came out after I found threatening notes taped to the front door asked me if I can prove this person doesn't live there because, quote, This sounds like a domestic dispute. We don't handle those. I start to feel like I'm going crazy. Finally, after about a month of this, my husband and I come home from a late night dinner out with friends. We walk into the house and smell shampoo. Then we hear the shower. Then we hear the sounds of someone talking. We turn around and leave. Get in the car and park it at the end of the street and call the cops and watch the front door. The cops come. They have megaphones and keep telling him to come out of the house with his hands up. No responses. So they charge the front door and drag him out of the shower. There is a struggle and he starts to fight them. He can't believe he is being treated this way in his own home. How dare they? We can hear him yelling from our vantage point at the end of the street. He won't come willingly, so the cops taser him in my front hallway. He is finally complying at that point. They grab my husband's shoes from next to the door and tell him to put them on. They march him out to the waiting police car. After filling out all the reports, we are allowed to go back in the house. He had smashed out all of our windows so there was glass everywhere. He ate the leftover chicken parm in the fridge. In my bedroom and my bed is messed up. He had slept in my bed. My clothing is all over the floor because he emptied my dresser to put his things in. We had just put our dog down a few months before and the urn was on the table. He broke it open and spread the ashes all over my bedroom and bathroom, which might be why he was taking a shower. Oh my god. He used an entire bottle of $90 skin serum and almost a whole bottle of shampoo, but he folded all my towels he had taken into the bathroom with him nicely and hung them on the rack. Thank God he didn't hurt my cats. He is currently in jail on three charges, breaking and entering, assaulting an officer when he fought the cops, and destruction of property. His trial is next week. I've been in touch with the DA and the arresting officer, both of whom have spoken with him. He is pissed he is in jail and keeps telling them to let him out because no one is watching his house and he doesn't want it to get broken into. I am still getting his mail. So this happened six years ago. I wonder if there's a link since the case is over now. So the top comment says, that is by far one of the strangest stories I've read on Reddit. Do you think he had a mental illness or was just on drugs? Either or, you reacted perfectly, but the police should have been more involved from the get-go especially the amount of times you called. OP responds and says, So he is mentally ill. The cops and DA, district attorney, know him well. But they both agree he isn't mentally ill enough to try to think he could just move into our house. So no one really knows what the hell he was trying to pull. Okay, so they provided an update on the case as well. So the guy apparently got one to three years time served. So he will be put up for parole in February slash early March. And I don't know exactly when this was posted, but the guy's definitely out now. Hopefully he's not breaking into people's houses still. Okay, next story. This one is a little shorter. It's from four years ago, and it's titled, I slept with a guy once, and he found me in Washington, D.C. three months later. I'm going to read the update last, so let's start here. In December 2018, my ex and I split up after seven years in a relationship. I was new to the dating game, so I didn't want to just jump into it. In February, I met a guy at the bar we regular. The second time I met him, we exchanged numbers. 
By the end of March, I was feeling pretty comfortable and invited him to a party at my house. He stayed after the party and one thing led to another. Well, after it was all said and done, I had a weird vibe. He was too pushy and it made me uncomfortable. So I asked him to leave. I planned to never speak to him again. That is until he started to text me from random numbers. He would say things like, hope you have fun fishing. When I didn't post on any social media, I was fishing. Quote, I hope the movie was good. When I hadn't posted anything online that I was at the movies. He would text me and ask where in the bar I was at different bars when I had never told anyone or posted where we were going. We had no mutual friends, so he was following me. The final straw was when my friends took me to Washington, D.C. for my 25th birthday celebration. We bar hopped all over the city. Around 2.30 a.m., we came out of the last bar we were at and decided to get cookies across the street. As we were coming out of the cookie shop, guess who pops up? You guessed it. He does. He goes, quote, I hope blank blank and blank were fun. I wanted to say hi earlier, but since you haven't been replying to my messages, I didn't want to freak you out. I was terrified. My friend's husband thankfully stepped in and called him out and threatened to call the police. I changed my number and moved. Thankfully, I haven't heard from him since. So, to the guy I mistakenly had my first ever one night stand with, let's never meet again. So this is the update. After all the comments saying that I should still contact the police, that he could still be stalking me, I decided that it would be the best to do that. I contacted my local police and they advised me to contact the police where I lived previously. I did so and I still live close enough that I went on Tuesday to file the paperwork for a restraining order. Thankfully, I know his full name and place of employment so they will be able to locate him. I provided all the text messages and screenshots that I have and now we wait for him to be served. It will be a temporary 15-day restraining order. In parentheses, it will be extended because our local courthouse docket is on a staggered schedule due to the virus. So once we've been given a court date, we will go. I was told by the sheriff that it shouldn't be an issue getting a judge to approve a restraining order for two years with all the evidence I have and the testimony from my friends who have witnessed these events. Thank you for the advice. That was definitely a stalker. This person was definitely being stalked. Okay, this next story was posted a year ago and they titled it, The Old Woman in the Cinema Thought I Was a Demon. Quite an odd title, I know, but this is the only way I can describe what she meant. This happened a few years ago, right before the pandemic hit. In fact, I know the exact date because it spooked me to my core. It was February 18th, 2020. I was 14 years old, so you can imagine this was a pretty frightening moment for a young girl. My mother, younger brother, and I went to see a movie. He wanted to see the new Sonic film and I didn't really want to, so I went to see the Birds of Prey movie. I had already seen it, but I wanted to enjoy the cinema popcorn and hot dog and quite frankly wanted to watch it again. I had gone off by myself to the viewing room and it was completely empty, just me in there, so I felt relatively safe being able to see the whole room, given I was also at the very top. It was pretty amazing to have an entire room to yourself, until it's not. About halfway through the film, I went to the restroom. The soda didn't last long. So I went and once again, it was just me in there. Every room was in current running progress, so nobody wanted to miss the films. As I was finishing up, there was an elderly woman at the sink, about 70. I thought I was alone, but I suppose not. She was washing her hands right next to me, moving from her original spot. Now, for context. Before I say what she said to me, I'll give you a brief description of myself. I have black hair, green eyes, relatively sharp features, high cheekbones, and arched eyebrows. 
Yeah, a typical Disney villain, which I somewhat blame for her response. I think I'm somewhat attractive, but nothing to lose your marbles over. She had looked at me with the most subtle but unnerving grin, still with her hands under the water but not doing anything, and said, Young lady, you are quite a gorgeous girl. I said thank you, and she went on to say, A beauty like that is only something an evil thing can have. Your eyes are just so hollow and soulless. She continued with that same damn smile. I was seriously starting to get creeped out, but I do live in the Bible Belt of Texas, so I chalked it up to her being a nut job. But then she got closer and said, Without the smile, you shouldn't have that beauty. I hurried and left as soon as I possibly could. I didn't like being alone with that woman anymore, and I waited outside the restroom where it was populated, but she never came out. After five minutes, I went back to the viewing room and was paranoid for the entire rest of the film. I could not get that crazy lady out of my head. Like, who says that to a kid? I seriously considered getting exercised by a priest after that encounter. After that, I told my mother, and she didn't let me go alone until I was at least 16. Never do I want to see that woman again. I still get paranoid after that anytime I'm alone in a public restroom. In fact, I avoid them altogether. Still don't know what to make of it. Okay, this next story was posted nine years ago, and it's titled, He was a pervert, but his girlfriend was something worse. A little more than a year ago, when I was 19, I managed a beauty supply store. We sold all kinds of hair color, nail polish, hair extensions, shampoo, and all that kind of thing. It wasn't often that you'd see a man in there. When we did, it was usually a barber or someone's husband running an errand for them. Anyway, I was working around noon one February day, and this man comes in pushing a small child in a stroller. I ask if I can help him find something, and he asks if we have super glue. I didn't like to turn anyone away, so I asked if maybe nail glue would do the trick. So he follows me back to the nail glue and starts asking me where I'm from, and I continue to make small talk with him. He tells me he is staying at the campgrounds with his three-year-old son and his son's mother. They are from Las Vegas. He then asks me how old I am and gives me his phone number and says we should hang out sometime. I take it and say, alright, maybe, just being friendly, and he leaves. I threw his number in the trash and laughed about it with my friend slash coworker. The next day, my friend and I were working, and she watches the man pushing the stroller walk by the front of our store, then stop and walk back to stare in the windows at me. When she saw him stop to walk back, she told me to go sit in the bathroom, so I did. He just looked around from outside the windows for like five minutes, she said. Ugh. That weekend, I got in my car to leave for work, and there was so much snow I couldn't get out of my driveway. I had to walk quite a ways and catch the bus. It was about noon, and I walked through the parking lot from the bus stop, and I just felt like someone was watching me. I looked around and didn't see a lot of people, but I just had a feeling he was around. I get inside and open the store. And within five minutes, guess who walks in? The same guy. Except this time, no kid. His friend was with him, and supposedly he was from the same state I was from. He told me his name, and I said, oh, how funny. My boyfriend's name is Corey. Then the creepy dude says something like, oh, I knew you had a boyfriend. You are too fine, like a model. Or something very similarly annoying. He proceeds to tell me I should bring my boyfriend and hang out with them and smoke. The way he said it was like he didn't believe I had a boyfriend or something. At this point, I was done being friendly, and I said... I don't know you, so I don't think we will ever be hanging out, no offense. He kind of laughs, and then they leave. A couple weeks later, I see him on the city bus with a woman I assume to be his new girlfriend. 
and I felt relieved and didn't see him anymore. Fast forward to about a month later. I'm out of town for a company meeting and I stopped by the mall to get a pedicure. As I'm relaxing, this story comes on the news about a woman who left her three-year-old home alone for four days and he died. They lived in the town I worked in. I didn't want to hear about that depressing crap, so I stopped watching. Now it's Easter. My mom was over and we began our normal gossip. She says, oh, did you hear about that woman who left her son home for four days and he died? And I told her I saw a story on the news but didn't pay much attention. My mom worked at the hospital, so she knew the whole story. Also, it's a very small town. Apparently, this woman and her child were staying at the campgrounds, and they were from Las Vegas. The baby's dad was in jail for failing to register as a sex offender after soliciting sex after soliciting sex to minors on the city bus. It all dawned on me. So I looked up the news story and looked at the pictures. It was the man that was creeping on me at my job. That woman I saw him with on the bus was the one on the news that killed their son. And worst of all, that little boy that smiled at me and told me his name was the little boy that died. This has bothered me for over a year now. The top comment says, WTF, so disturbing. And OP said, what's even more disturbing is the woman came home to find her son lifeless, picked him up and took him to the community showers where she washed his own bodily fluids off of him. Then she got on the bus with her child who had been dead to take him to the hospital. Okay, y'all, I think I found the case OP is talking about. This happened in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And this article is from the Steamboat Pilot. This is a photo of Austin Davis, the child mentioned in the story. During an emotional hearing Wednesday, a Steamboat Springs mother was sentenced to 22 years in prison for the death of her three-year-old son. Megan McKeon, 25, was accused of leaving her son, Austin Davis, alone for three days before he died March 27th, and this happened in 2014. While Austin was home alone, police believed McKeon was working and staying at her boyfriend's house. An autopsy showed that Austin died from dehydration in a cabin which had no running water. McKeon was charged with two counts of felony child abuse resulting in death. As part of a plea deal, she agreed to the proposed 22-year sentence and pleaded guilty to one of the charges Wednesday. She will get credit for the 223 days she has been incarcerated. McKeon chose to speak during her sentencing hearing. She did not go into details about what happened during the days leading up to Austin's death, but said she had been battling demons. Quote, Instead of spending time with my son, I was spending time with a bottle chasing dreams I knew were unattainable, she said. McKeon said she was not a monster. I would never have done anything to intentionally hurt my child, she said. McKeon said Austin's death would not be in vain and she wanted to start an organization that would help women. Quote, I know nothing I say or do will bring my little boy back, but I have hope for a brighter future, McKeon said. And the father is the person that apparently was hitting on OP and being extremely creepy. Austin's father, Tyler Davis, who was in Route County Jail when Austin died, spoke over a video feed from the jail where he is serving an 18-month sentence for harassment. Tyler Davis said he hoped McKeon was not scarred for life. Good luck with everything, he said. So yeah, that's basically the case. I can't believe that was a real thing that happened. Wow. Let's move on to the next story. This one is titled, Went through my ring doorbell footage, I, 26 female, think I have a stalker. 
I shared my ring doorbell with my buddy who asked me if I had ever watched the doorbell messages she had left for me. I have never thought about looking at who's rang my doorbell for some reason, I don't take the feature seriously, so I flipped through the recorded videos not expecting to see anything other than my friends as they come inside, my roommate and I sometimes doing an outfit check on the fucking doorbell, and evidence of how often I use DoorDash, probably. Let me just say first, I was confused as to why he wouldn't just ask me what he needed to ask me while I am in public outside, and in a more normal place to approach someone rather than obviously overstep a boundary and make me question whether or not I'm safe when I walk down the street with my dogs, or if I genuinely need to be looking over my shoulder. No clue who this is or what he could want or why, but here are the creepy-ass videos in question. Alright, let's watch these. Okay, there's a man standing there, just clutching his face, and it's really dark outside. And then he just walks off and leaves the apartment. Next video. Ooh, this one's in color. The man is, walks up, press the, presses the ring, and then puts his hands over his face. And he has a big duffel bag. That's really scary. He looks like kind of sweaty, like he's been sweating for some reason. Same thing, just leaves. Okay, third clip. He... This is definitely at night. He just rings the doorbell and then he's just staring up towards the sky, not doing anything. And then he leaves. Got the same backpack on, looking a little disheveled, and that's it. Okay, let's continue reading. I went back and looked at my ring notification history just to see right before he rings my doorbell, plus what came after. What came immediately before, and I mean within the minute, was me finishing my walk with one of my dogs. Once I get inside my building, which is a big house that has an unlocked front door during the day, so that's why I didn't lock it behind me, I guess, it was roughly a minute for him to come inside immediately after me. Each time I've never seen this man before, and I had no idea anyone ever followed me inside, or tried to get me to come to the door for whatever reason more than once. I literally do not know anything, so for what it's worth, I kind of feel like maybe I'm being stalked. Is it weird of me to think that maybe it does have something to do with my dogs? That might sound stupid, but they are a really interesting breed. I've heard of people stealing animals, I just don't know what to think of this entire situation. There really isn't much I can do besides let my landlord know, and he'll just tell me to call the police, in which case I wouldn't even know what to say. To the man leaving weird-ass cryptic shit on my ring, please let's definitely not meet. Apparently, they posted an update, but then deleted their account, so I hope they're good. I think that's going to be it for this week, but thank you so much for listening and or watching. Shout out to the new accomplices, Dontrell D and Lex M. Thank you so much, and I hope you all have a good day, evening, or night. Goodbye.